Now we're going to turn in our Bibles to the Gospel of St. Luke. Christmas Day we were in the first chapter and today we're going to be in the last chapter. So I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24 and I want to read from verse 36. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 24, verse 36. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not, for joy and wondered, He said unto them, Have ye any meat? And they gave him a piece of a boiled fresh and an honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now my text this morning is taken from Luke chapter 24 and verses 50 right through to verse 52. It says, And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up in to heaven. My theme this morning is the blessing of Christ upon believers at Bethany. Luke 24 records two of the many post-resurrection appearances the Lord Jesus gave to his true followers. Luke 24 verses 13 to 35 records how that two of his disciples were on the road to Emmaus, a little village 
seven miles outside of Jerusalem. Sadness was written all over their faces. Their hearts were filled with fear. They experienced immense disappointment. And in their minds, they they couldn't comprehend all that had happened in the life of their master. They're thinking of the death of Christ, his subsequent burial. They thought that he would redeem and deliver Israel. They thought that he would provide a political solution to the Roman occupation of Israel at that time. They they desired that the Lord uh, would uh, free the land temporarily, at least from oppression and from war. It had not happened. They had saw Christ crucified and buried. And as they walked along the road, they they speak one to another about these things. Then they also speak about the astonishing claim that was made by certain women that he was alive. And as they walked, not making sense of it all, baffled, a cloud of uncertainty hanging over them, the future looked bleak. Their little world had collapsed in around about them. Now in the midst of that doubt, that darkness, that disappointment, that spirit of depression, this is what we read in Luke 24, verse 15. Look at the verse. And it came to pass, while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. To me, that's life's one of greatest blessings. The Savior drawing near And going with them. Let me make it clear. They were not expecting him. Yes they were talking about him. And it's good to talk about him. Even when your heart and mind is full of fear. Doubt and depression. When he came. They didn't recognize him. And when Christ came and talked with them. Their heart began to burn within them. He opened to them the scriptures. He opened their understanding. Their faith was increased as their hearts and minds were opened to the word of God. Joy filled up within their soul. They they, they got a spring in their step. It's as if they were full of fresh seal. They they got a word in season to help them. And the word was about his suffering. The word was about his glory. And it was that word used by the Holy Spirit to drive away their doubt, their disappointment, and even their depression. And because they had fresh hope and joy in their soul, they, they, they returned to Jerusalem. These two individuals, when Jesus drew near, didn't expect a blessing from them, but they received a wonderful blessing. The second post-resurrection appearance of Christ was with his disciples in Jerusalem in the upper room. After revealing himself to them again and ministering to them, the Bible says that he led them out as far as to Bethany. Now, they had been in Bethany before. Remember, it was the hometown of Martha and Mary and Lazarus. They spent many hours of fellowship there. It was from Bethany where Christ stood and wept over Jerusalem at the inhabitants' refusal to repent and believe the gospel. Bethany was the starting place of his triumphant entry into Jerusalem before going to the cross. And it was at Bethany, we believe, that the Lord said many things to his disciples just prior to his ascension. And here, when he led them out, and we have to believe 
that this is 40 days after his resurrection. He gave to them words of encouragement, words of hope that centered in his death and resurrection. He issued to them the, the Great Commission. Listen to the words in verse 47. And the repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. He told them, verse 48, and ye are witnesses of these things. He said to them in verse 49, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And when he'd finished all this ministry, the Bible says he led them out as far as Bethany, and in a final act he bestowed upon them what we could call his final blessing, the blessing of Christ upon believers at Bethany before being taken up to heaven, before returning back to the celestial glory with his Father. His work on earth is finished. He's now going to sit at his Father's right hand as the God-man, He's not going to be with his people again until his second coming. And, and before he leaves them, he bestows on them this final blessing. Look at verse 52. It says, or verse 51, or verse 50 rather, and he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Doesn't this indicate that the Lord loved his people? That he cared for them dearly? That, that he knows exactly what they needed? And here he is in grace and love, and he bestows upon them a blessing individually that's tailor-made to suit their need. It's interesting that the word blessed is used 290 times in the Bible. Due to the first references in Genesis 1:22. It says, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. The last reference is in Revelation 22. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they might have the right to the tree of life and might enter in through the gates into the city. Think of the word blessed. Here we are in the last Lord's Day of 2018. On this day and maybe through to the 1st or 2nd of January, we'll say to each other and say to family and friends, a happy new year. What do we mean by that? Well, we mean many things. It certainly means that our thoughts are focused on the passing of the old year with all that entailed and, and looking forward into the new year uh, with the future that's in front of us. And we, we want individuals to, to, to know and experience prosperity and happiness and, and blessing. I've asked myself as I thought about the service, what do we want most as we close the year and enter into 2019? And this was the thought that came to my mind, that we want to be blessed by Christ. And then I thought of these words in Luke 24, and he blessed them. It's mentioned twice, verse 50, and blessed them. And in verse 51, while he blessed them. And that let me think about the, the blessing of believers at Bethany. And that's what I want to think about this morning for the, for the next 20 minutes or so. I, I want you to think, first of all, of the, the truth about this blessing. If you think of the words, verse 50, and blessed them, and verse 51, 
He blessed them. We're going to ask the question, what was so special about this blessing? Why was it so important to mention it in the Bible? Well, I believe the disciples were few in number. There was only 11 disciples, remember, and the few individuals that were with them. They had few resources. Resources were very limited. They had no voice in Jerusalem. They had no real standing among the religious elite. The Lord Jesus was about to return to heaven. And from a human point of view, everything was against them. They had many needs. What were they? They could articulate them. Well, we need increase numerically, Lord. We need help to get a standing and foothold in Jerusalem. We need a voice. Lord, you're leaving us, and what are we going to do? We're going to be filled with sadness. We, we could set the needs out, couldn't we, one by one? But what's our greatest need? Now, now think of that. As a church, collectively, what's our greatest need? Individually, what's our greatest need? Surely it's this, to know the blessing of Christ upon our hearts and our lives. We could have all the money in the world. We could have millions or even billions. We could all have all our material needs met. Houses, transport, buildings, and we thank the Lord for this new building. These disciples could have all the support of the Roman army. They could have had all acceptance by the Jews and the Gentiles. This is a great message. This is wonderful news that you're bringing us. You're, you're telling us to repent and enjoy remission of sins. They could have had all plain sailing with no trials or troubles or no persecution. But all that, if they had it all, would not have been as important and not have been as special if it had meant that the blessing of Christ was not upon them. To have and to know the blessing of Christ is the greatest, best blessing of all. We could ask the question, how do we measure success? Is it by wealth and billions or millions? Is it by material possessions? Is it by standing? thought it was interesting that um, Kim Kardashian's husband, I can't remember his name, uh, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Kim Kardashian's husband, you know who it is. He gave her a gift at Christmas time. $11 million apartment in Miami. I was telling Joanna she should go and pay a wee visit and see if she could get an interest in uh, when she's there. You see, that's how we measure success. In money, material possessions, and in standing, so much that if your husband buys you something, it's in the paper and people are talking about it. But as we come near the end of the year, as we start a new year, and looking back and looking forward, I want to tell you, I believe there's nothing more important, nothing more valuable for us individually and collectively than to be blessed by Christ. And let me tell you why. Because of the wicked world we live in. This is a cruel, careless, godless, anti-Christian world. A world where Christ was crucified. Where the crowd cried, crucify him. And of course, if they'd done this to Christ, the sinless, spotless son of God, what would they not do to his followers? And of course, we're not long into the book of Acts when persecution comes. 
When the followers and leaders of Christ are being arrested and imprisoned and some are put to death, think of the death of Stephen. Think of the death of James. Uh, to, to name but two, the imprisonment of Peter. And these disciples, remember, um, they, they, they met behind closed doors, the Bible tells us in John 20, for fear of the Jews. And you see, we live in a society that has little or no time for the things of God or for the gospel of Christ. And if the church collectively, if we as individual Christians are going to survive and, and keep on going and persevere in such an environment, then we're going to need the Lord to bless us. Maybe you're here this morning and you're the only Christian in your home, your family, and, and your home's really like a, an anti-Christian environment. There's only one believer there, and God has put you there. How are you going to survive? How are you going to keep on going? How are you going to persevere and not give in? We need the blessing of the Lord. Maybe that's true in the workplace. You go back into work on Wednesday morning or, or Thursday, and you're going to be mocked, and there, there's, there's cruel treatment meted out to you, and maybe practical jokes, or maybe this is true about your university, where Christianity is denied where it's um, despised, uh, where we're told, oh, it's anti-science and, and anti-intellectualism, and you need to throw it off and stop church and stop thinking about God and stop thinking about religion. Maybe, maybe it's the same in school. You see, this is a wicked world that we live in, and how are we going to survive? Well, you're not, unless we have the blessing of Christ. I want to tell you something else. It's because of the wonderful work that we labor in. Look at verses 47 and 48. Think of the context here. And that's important. And repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. That's the very place they crucified him. And ye are witnesses of these things. What's he saying? He's saying to them, go into Jerusalem and preach Christ. Go into Jerusalem and preach repentance. Tell men that they have to repent of their sin, be sorry enough to quit. Preach the remission of sins in my name. It's not tie into the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Where were they to start? At Jerusalem. That was the hardest place. But this was a, a mammoth responsibility. This was a, a big duty to impose upon them. They, they probably didn't feel up to the task. How could we go there? Did you not hear the crowd, Lord, crucify him? Lord, if they did that to thee, what are they going to do to us? How could we go? How can we say that? It's going to arouse wrath and hostility. Well, they'll only do it by the blessing of Christ. And also a third reason, because of the worthless weakness that they lived with. These disciples were only men. They were full of fear. They were full of limitations. Remember Peter was the man that had forsaken the Lord and denied him of oaths and cursings. Remember Thomas was full of doubt. You see, these men needed the blessing of Christ in their lives. It was not something that they could do without. And what is true then, I believe, is true today. We live in a world that's no different. A, a, a sinful, a moral, perverse world. And yet we have a work to do in it. And what is our job? What is our duty? It's to preach Christ. We can literally say, we preach Christ crucified. 
And yes, we have got weakness, we feel, in our soul. Yes, we have got many limitations. But I believe the greatest need in this world, as we do this work, with all this weakness, is to know the blessing of Christ upon us, individually and collectively. Let's not live as if we don't need it. Let's not live as if we don't want this blessing. Remember, Jabez prayed in Second Chronicles chapter 9, Oh, that thou would bless me indeed. Have you ever gone to the Lord, got down at the side of your bed or sat in the chair or even sat in the house of God and say, Lord, bless me this year. Grant me your blessing so that I can live for you in this wicked world. So I can do the work that you've given me to do. So despite my weakness, I can overcome, Lord. To me, there's nothing more important. And that's the truth about this blessing. So when it says he blessed them, that's the truth I want you to understand. Notice, secondly and quickly, the timing of this blessing. This was at the end of his 40 days of post-resurrection appearances. He was about to ascend back to heaven. So we're going to ask the question, when was it bestowed? When did Christ bless them? And here's the answer. This was after his death and resurrection. This was at the end of the 40-day appearing. Just before going back up to heaven, the timing is important. Now, now keep that thought in mind, and I want you to turn with me, if you can, to the book of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 9, and I want you to read with me verse 22. Leviticus chapter 9 and verse 22. And it says, And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them and came down from offering of the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offering. Now remember, Aaron is the first Old Testament high priest. This is his day of consecration, his first day of service. And when did he bless the people? After he made the offering, the sin offering for himself, the burnt offering for the people, and the peace offering. Aaron came to the altar, killed the calf, dipped his finger in the blood, put his hands on the horn of the altar, confessed sins on the head of the live animal, killed the burnt offering at the base of the altar, offered a wave offering, and after this, he lifted up his hands and blessed the people. And there's a connection. He had the authority and he had the ability. Aaron is a type of Christ. So, so here's the point, to make it simple. After the sacrifice was made, the blessing followed. Do, do you see a glorious truth there? The glorious connection. Aaron, after the work was done, when the work was finished, lifted up his blood-stained hands to bless the people. And that's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ was doing in Bethany that day. Do you know that we're blessed by the passion of Christ? Christ died and made atonement. 
He offered a once and for all sacrifice to his father. His blood was shed that secured the remission of sins. And following on from his death and resurrection, what followed is tremendous blessing for the people of God. Aaron's hands were covered in blood. The people could see the, the blood sacrifice. It was visible. Remember what we read of Christ, Luke 24 and 40, and he showed them his hands and his feet. In other words, he showed them by the wounds. And by the wounds of Christ we are blessed. The blessing comes to us in the ground of Christ's redemptive work, the ground of the shed blood, by his death and by his resurrection. The blessing is bestowed. The shed blood secures this blessing. We can only enjoy the blessing of Christ on the ground of the blood. We're also blessed by the prayers of Christ. Doesn't it say in this text of scripture, and he lifted up his hands. It is not an emblem of prayer. I think of his sufferings. I think of his supplications. I think of a saviour who died to save us and, and a saviour who delights to supplicate on our behalf. Do you know that the Lord Jesus prayed for you in 2018? He will pray for us in 2019. He can say, he can come alongside you whatever your circumstance, your situation is. He can say, for you I am praying. Isn't that a great encouragement? You're facing difficulty, trying times, trials and tears. You're not going to stop in 2019. But you remember in the midst of all that, the Lord Jesus comes alongside and he says, for you I am praying. He pleads the merits of the blood. We're blessed by the power of Christ. Remember the context here, verse 49, until you be endued with power from on high. You see, Christ, like Aaron, has authority. Christ, like Aaron, has the ability to bless on the ground of the blood. Christ has entered into heaven. The blood's already been placed on the altar. And in that context, he can say to his disciples, All power is given unto me. Go ye therefore. Tarry until you be endued with power. Here's the head of the church. And he's blessing his people on the basis, not only of his passion and his prayers, but his power. He's also blessing his people on the basis of the promise. Doesn't he mention here in the context about the promise of the Father? Verse 49, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. And it's interesting, in the context of Leviticus 9, it says, and Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. So they were blessed before he went in and they were blessed when he came out and the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And what is true then is true now. Christ blessed his people. Here we're reading off it. And when he returns to this earth in a visible bodily manner to set up his kingdom, he also then will bless his people eternally. And it's all connected to his power. The authority that's given to him by God. 
we, we'll say to each other, a happy new year. And I want to tell you, you already know this, that your new year will not be trouble-free. You'll not be free from sickness or illness or fears or struggles or tears. But just remember this. If I know and love Christ and he's my Lord and Savior, then I'm blessed by Christ. Not only is Christ with me, but Christ's blessing is upon me. And all that we need for next year, if I need peace, if I need strength, if I need help, if I need answers to prayer, if I need restored, if I need assurance, if, if I need to be delivered from my doubts and my fears, where can I go? I can go to Christ. And he will bless and he'll undertake. I want you to say very quickly and thirdly, and it will be very quick, think of the type of this blessing. When it says he blessed them, well, where does he bless us? Well, surely he blesses us physically with the gift of life and the gift of health and strength. You should never take health and strength for granted. Don't take the gift of life for granted. I, I, I thank God for that every Lord's Day deliberately because I believe it's important that we recognize not only the sanctity, but, but the speciality of the gift of life. Think about material blessings. You see, all that we have, all our possessions, they all come from him. They're gifts. Oh, that we could recognize that. All our money and all our material possessions and all that we have is a gift. Listen to this scripture. James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with him is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The psalmist said, daily he loadeth me with benefits. All that we have. All the material things that we enjoy. The ability to live out our life temporally. It's all a gift from his hand. And then think about spiritual blessings. The love that we have in our heart. For him, the word of God, the day of God, the house of God. Grace, peace, joy, strength, prayer, the Bible, the house of God, ministers of God. We could go on and on. They're all gifts. So often we, we don't realize that. So often we don't take that into our thinking. But here's the type of this blessing. If he blessed them, he blessed them in a physical sense with life. He blessed them in a material sense because he promised to undertake for them. And he, he was blessing them spiritually. In their hearts. They were blessed in their heart. They're blessed in their home. And also blessed in the house of worship. That's the type of this blessing. I want to finish this morning. I think you think of the triumph of this blessing. Because I asked myself, well, if he blessed them, what impact did it have? And if you look at the context here, it says in verse 52, and they worshipped him. It led them to worship him. And you see, the blessing of Christ upon your life leads you to worship him. You'll certainly not be ashamed of him. You'll not live without him. You'll not deny him. You'll want to know him better in a greater way. The blessing of Christ leads you to worship him. It says in verse 52, and return to Jerusalem. They were going to work for him. They were eager to obey him. The love of God was in their heart. And, and what were they going back to Jerusalem to do? Well, well, again, think of the context. He had already told them, this is what I want you to do. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. 
so that they had a work for him to do. And notice the, 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 the importance of repentance. And you know, that's one of the missing ingredients today in the gospel. And I believe the country needs to be called to repentance. I believe the church, even the free Presbyterian church, needs to be called to repentance. And we, the people of God, need to know repentance as well in a personal sense so that we keep short accounts with God and of a hatred for sin and a love for righteousness. And I believe there was also a desire to wait for him. It says, with great joy. And we're continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. You see, this blessing had produced joy in their hearts. They were full of gladness. They, they, they were a thankful people now. Who are we? We're a people blessed by Christ. What have we? We have the blessing of Christ. Why? Out of grace and love to us. And what way are we blessed? We're blessed in this way. Maybe you're here this morning and your heart is full of fear. Maybe you're full of sadness because of circumstances and situation. Maybe your mind is in a turmoil and, and at times you're so depressed and down you want to crawl into a little mouse hole and hide. What can you do? Could I suggest this morning this? Think of the hymn that we just sang for our offering. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Understand them and begin to grasp what God has done. Could you do that this morning? And that's a remedy for deliverance from fear, sadness, doubt, depression, disappointment. Begin to think of what way God has blessed you. And the way he's treated you. And once that gets a grip of you. You'll begin to worship. You'll want to work. You'll wait for him. And you'll be the witness that he wants you to be. The blessing of believers at Bethany. I want you to think of that truth. Why? Because they were in a wicked world with a work to do. And they were full of weakness. I want you to think this day of the timing. That's important. It was after his death and resurrection. They were blessed by his passion by his prayers by his power by his promise and i want you to think of this type of blessing and i want you to think of how you can triumph through this blessing may the lord take these few thoughts and bless them to you this morning thank you for coming